0: I was amazed to see how our troops were given a traditional Thanksgiving meal with turkey and
1: pumpkin pie. Thanksgiving was just unbelievable. Doug Carver is a retired general who served as chief of chaplains for the U.S. Army. He was deployed to the Middle East during the Iraq War and he faced plenty of dangerous situations as he ministered to his fellow troops. The interesting thing about holidays
0: is that you're all missing your loved ones. You're all missing those traditions of your family. But you're all in it together. You're all equally miserable. You're all equally homesick.
1: Lord, won't you give me strength to make it through somehow?
2: I've never been more homesick than now.
1: Doug Carver's time in the military brought him face-to-face with death, and danger. He's our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Phil Fleischman. My co-host, Jim Kirkland, is off this week. As General Carver shares about his time serving as a chaplain in the military, you'll hear him talk a lot about God's presence. Not the presence that will be under your Christmas tree in a month or so, but the fact that God is present, right there with you in every difficult and dark place. Franklin Graham also has a reminder of that truth.
2: This year, as we come to Thanksgiving, our nation is in the middle of a pandemic, and we need to come to God thanking Him for His mercy, thanking Him for His grace, thanking Him for our leaders, and thanking Him for the salvation that we have through faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Yes, we're in the middle of the pandemic, but God hasn't left us. He hasn't abandoned us. He is with us.
1: You can learn more about how God is with you at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. You're also going to hear a Thanksgiving message from Franklin Graham's father, Billy Graham, later on in the episode. Oh, and one more thing before we dive into General Carver's story. If you or someone you know is in need of prayer this holiday season, our phone lines are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The number to call is 888-388-2683. Day or night, we have volunteers standing by ready to talk and pray with you. The number again is 888-388-2683. We list that phone number and the website I just mentioned in the show notes. G.P.S. God.
0: People. Stories.
1: General Doug Carver grew up in a Christian family in North Georgia. He surrendered his heart to Jesus when he was 11, and he felt a call to go into ministry when he was 14.
0: An Air Force chaplain spoke in our church, and it really kind of connected to be able to be a preacher of God's Word to be entrusted to preach the gospel, and also to do that in uniform. It really intrigued me even as a, as a teenager.
1: Doug graduated from high school in 1969, and he went to the University of Tennessee. In college, he joined the ROTC, majored in religion and psychology, and married his wife. Doug graduated in 1973, the same year he began his Army career. At the time, the Vietnam War was winding down. The war actually ended in 75, but that's the main reason I got into the
0: military. I was a field artillery officer, and I really found my place, if you
1: will, in the military. I I enjoyed the culture. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed serving our country. As much as he loved being a field artillery officer, Doug couldn't forget about that calling to ministry he had felt years earlier. I think the turning point was
0: I had a deacon ask me, hey, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I said, well, you know... I love the military. Maybe I'm going to serve in the Army 20 or 30 years, get out, go to seminary, and then preach to Jesus, comes or calls me home. And he said to me sort of uh, humorously, don't give God the leftovers. That sort of started me to reflect on my priorities of
1: what was important, you know, my agenda versus God's. So after six years in the Army, Doug resigned his commission in 1979 and enrolled in seminary. He stayed in the Army Reserves and also pastored a church while he attended school, After graduating, Doug returned to active duty as a chaplain in 1984. My
0: first assignment was at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, home of the 101st Airborne Division. I really served from the battalion level, which is about 500 to 700 soldiers, uh,
1: through every level of the Army. As the chaplain, it was Doug's job to build relationships with the soldiers and their families. He says it's really not that different from what a local pastor does. The primary difference is you live and work with
0: and deploy with these men and women that you serve. When they go off to war or to training or wherever, you're getting on that plane, you're getting on that ship, wherever they go. We call it ministry of presence, wherever they are. When they're going for their unit runs or they're going to the weapon range, you're there with them through all of the seasons of their life. Doug loved being able to point the soldiers to God. Faith is very important to our troops. I think it's important to anyone facing life and death situations. I remember having so many gospel conversations. They wanted to be fed with God's Word, and there
1: was such a hunger for it. That hunger came from the difficult, stressful, and sometimes life-threatening situations that military personnel have to go through.
0: There's a few days when you know people come into your office as a soldier, sailor, airman, and marine and just say, hey, chaplain, I, I want to tell you what a great day I'm having. In most cases, there are some life experiences gone south or they might be in trouble with uh, the military because they violated some of the code or standards or, or they're having a, a health
1: crisis or, or someone has been wounded in action or they're dying. And Doug has experienced death on an up-close and personal level, specifically on December twelfth, nineteen 1985. That's when tragedy shook the lives of hundreds of people at Fort Campbell, Kentucky.
0: I'd been there about a year, and we were waiting for our troops to come back from the multinational peacekeeping operation in the Sinai. They'd been gone six months, and our plane uh, crashed upon takeoff at Gander, Newfoundland. All 248 soldiers were killed, including one of our chaplains. That was probably a definitive ministry moment in my life, because to have 248 dead soldiers, 248 grieving Uh, Spouses, children, family members, service members. I I, I cannot describe what we all went through as an Army and uh, as a local military community uh, as that tragedy.
1: With so many casualties, memorial services were held for four straight months. To this day, it is the deadliest peacetime air crash in U.S. Army history. Doug says he and the rest of the military chaplaincy learned a lot about grief counseling from that tragedy. I
0: still remember the wonderful commander who at that moment turned to our senior chaplain and said, tell us what we need to do. And there are times in the life of the military when things are so chaotic or so dramatic or so horrible that they'll look to the chaplain to somehow bring peace or order or normalcy
1: out of chaos. Those events shaped the way Doug would handle being a military chaplain for the rest of his career, which, by the way spanned four decades. By the end of that time, Doug was chief of chaplains for the U.S. Army, a position he held from 2007 to his retirement in 2011. Before that, though, General Carver was deployed to Iraq in the early 2000s.
0: Going to war is something, I guess, you you know that ultimately you will do, but you almost don't expect it. I don't know if it's an innocence or an ignorance or you just don't think about it. But, uh, of course, when 9-11 hit, Changed all of our lives. I deployed with the first wave of troops from Kuwait into to Iraq. Chaplains, by the way, are non-combatants. We don't carry weapons, so I, I, I drove.
1: On that two-day journey, Doug had no idea what the next few days or weeks or months would look like. He knew all about offering peace and hope to others, but would it work when you're huddled in a bunker with ballistic missiles headed your way? Well, Doug was about to find out. We had a particular day when uh, Saddam Hussein and his forces
0: uh, fired about 12 theater ballistic missiles all over near our units in Kuwait. And you only have about two minutes uh, once a missile is coming for it to be destroyed. And I remember sitting there praying. I wanted the troops to look into my eyes and not see fear. I wanted them to see peace and comfort and strength. And I I don't know what, I hope that's what they saw. But there was a peace that came upon me uh, in that bunker which really kind of gave me my first taste of what war was all about. And the Lord brought to mind a scripture that has remained my scripture since then. It's from Zephaniah three seventeen: The Lord, your God, is with you. He's mighty to save you. He takes great delight in you. He quiets you with his love. He rejoices over you with singing. And that verse just
1: penetrated my soul and uh, still does today. General Carver was in Iraq from 2003 to 2004. He spent both Thanksgiving and Christmas of 2003 there. Even though he was away from his family and friends, he has good memories of that time. I was amazed to see how
0: our troops were given a traditional Thanksgiving or Christmas meal with ice carvings and decorations. And it's almost as if the military leadership went out of their way to make it just like back home. I mean, with, you know... Eggnog and Turkey and pumpkin pie and all it was just totally
1: amazing, and visiting our troops uh, over Thanksgiving was just unbelievable. Not only did General Carver spend time with a lot of troops during that Thanksgiving, he also spent some time with the commander in chief President George W. Bush made a surprise visit to Iraq that year and what I remember about that is the amount of time that
0: he spent with our troops i mean he he just didn't come speak and leave. But he worked the room. He walked around to all the tables. It was standing room only. He, he went up and directed the band that was playing for a couple of numbers. And uh, I can proudly say uh, he served me sweet potatoes because he got in the uh,
1: in the food line. And uh, I can always say the President of the United States served me sweet potatoes. That was Thanksgiving of 2003. At Christmas, Doug was involved with a few different holiday services. Outside of Mosul near the
0: Monastery of Elijah, we were at this particular cathedral or uh, this huge Catholic church. They had a traditional Christmas program that was being filmed for this part outside east of Mosul. Filmed for posterity, filmed for TV, I don't know. So if you can imagine, um, there were Muslims there, there were Yazidis there, there was every kind of a a religious faith That was there. There were some of the tribe of John the Baptist who were still doing some of those rituals. There were obviously Christians there. I was included in the program. Luke chapter 2 was read in Arabic and spoken. Then I came out and read the Christmas story in English, and we spent
1: a Christmas with these people really of all the nations, Reading the Christmas story wasn't Doug's only job that night. He'd also been assigned to serve as the escort for the military archbishop of the Roman Catholic Church. He had midnight mass
0: back at Baghdad Airport. And so I was standing with him in a standing room only service. And we had incoming mortars and rockets. And the concussion was so strong that the candles on the altar were flickering like they were going to go out. And uh, here we are standing there worshiping the Lord. And I was the escort for the priest, and he was a Vietnam veteran, so he did not flinch. And I, and since he wasn't flinching, I stayed with him. But it was just amazing that even
1: though you're in the middle of combat, these services were so important. As we look ahead to Christmas, of course, a big part of it in civilian life is the giving of gifts. But Doug says that looked a little different for the troops who were stationed away from home. You know, you take away a lot of the
0: materialism and a lot of the commercialism, and it's just a raw, simple, the real meaning that God invaded this planet at Christmas time with, with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and uh, and it's just a simple celebration without all, all the all of the trappings. Now that said, I remember we we received lots of gifts and packages over there, and but even then, it wasn't something that oh, this is my gift. So often we'd get gifts, we'd get shirts, we'd get clothes, we'd get candy. And it was something that was shared with the community. It wasn't something that you kept for yourself. It was always something that you opened, everybody celebrated it,
1: and it was not only yours, but you shared it with others. The time in Iraq taught Doug how to celebrate Jesus' birth in dangerous and unfamiliar territory. He also learned how to give thanks even when he wasn't able to be with his loved ones. And those are actually situations that many of us can relate to this year, aren't they? Maybe the pandemic has thrown off a lot of your holiday traditions. Maybe you don't feel safe traveling or being around other people. Or maybe you want to be with your family and friends but can't. Well, here's what Doug shared about dealing with those sorts of things from the perspective of life in the military.
0: Even though we were far away from home, the interesting thing about holidays is that you're all in it together. You're all missing your loved ones. You're all missing your children. You're all missing those traditions of your family, but you're all in it together. You're all equally miserable. You're all equally homesick. I think to me, you know, regardless of where you are, what you do, I mean, the Lord is with you wherever you go. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And what I have learned, especially on hard days in the military, in very, very dangerous places, I've always felt the presence of the Lord with me. I have sensed His peace that passes understanding. I've often almost sensed Him saying to me, hey, we got this. We can do this. We'll get through this.
1: God is with you, always. When you confess and repent of your sins and give your life to Jesus Christ, you can be sure that God will never leave you. You can have the same kind of peace that General Douglas Carver has. And there's no better time to begin a relationship with Jesus than right now, as we enter a season of celebrating Thanksgiving and Christmas. Learn more what that means at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Doug Carver shares some things you can do to show your thanks to veterans and to troops who are still serving. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.
2: If ever there was a Thanksgiving, we need to thank God. It's this Thanksgiving. Billy Graham. America is living in a critical hour. This is the hour that we have to turn to God. Thanksgiving is a part of the most intimate relationship that exists between man and God. Jesus taught us to give thanks as He gave thanks and broke the loaves and the fishes to feed the multitude. He thanked God again when He broke the bread of communion for the disciples the last night on earth. At the grave of Lazarus, He said, Father, I thank Thee. When I see Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, I see the nails in his hands. I see the crown of thorns upon his brow. And I remember that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I must bow in front of that cross and say, especially on Thanksgiving Day, thank you, Lord, for not sparing your son. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul.
1: If you want to know more about how God can save your soul this Thanksgiving, go to findpeacewithgod.net. Our guest on this episode of GPS is retired General Douglas Carver. He served as the U.S. Army's chief of chaplains from 2007 to 2011. And as we wrapped up our interview with him, the general asked that we would all pray for and invest in the lives of veterans and those who are still serving.
0: We need to get to know them and develop a relationship with them. We need to hear their story. It's important for you to hear it on how to minister to them. So let's not neglect These men and women who have paid, uh, in many cases, the supreme devotion to duty so that we might continue to enjoy freedom of worship, freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, and continue to pray for those who are in harm's way, even this day. Somewhere in the world, please continue to remember to pray for them. And obviously, look, ways to share the gospel with our military families, as well as to Sustain and encourage and disciple those in the military who are struggling to keep Jesus as the center of their life while they're wearing the uniform.
1: We want to thank General Douglas Carver for his service and also for taking time to talk with us. We also want to say thank you to Mercy Me and the Afters for letting us use some of their music on this episode. And we certainly want to say thank you to you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. All of us here at GPS wish you a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. GPS, God people, stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.